So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. So today I am lucky enough to have another episode where I get to interview uh, a wonderful human uh, called Gary Turner. Um, And for those of you who are dedicated followers of the podcast, um, you might recognize his name because he was on the show about 18 months ago. Um, after he'd attended uh, one of the Quality of Mind three-day open programs. And in that episode, he told us all about what changed for him as an individual and as a person as a result of coming on uh, the program. Now, the reason I got Gary back is um, having been observing and having the odd conversation with Gary about what he's been up to in the world, it's been such a wonderful thing to witness and be part of uh, some of Gary's emergence, uh, evolvings, and what he's up to. And to so much so that I just wanted to get him back on uh, the podcast show so he can we can have a more of a discussion about it and he can share all the wonderfulness that he's up to. So, Gary, wonderful, beautiful to see you again. Um, how are you? Very good to be back with you, Piers. I can't believe it's only been 18 months. It's, like, it's incredible what's been going on. We've also had a little <laughs> pandemic chucked in there mix as well, <laughs> which has uh, made things more weird and wonderful. Um, so Gary, can you give a, a, a very short kind of synopsis for anyone that hasn't actually uh, heard the first uh, episode that we did together? Just a little synopsis on, on what's been going on for you over the last few years. And then I really want to get into uh, how you've been seeing things in the last sort of year or so. Yeah, sure. And again, thanks for inviting me back on, Piers. Um, so last 18 months since we last spoke, it's been a real... I, th- I love the way, way you use the word emergence, because I think that's literally what it's been, is an emergence of getting increasingly out of my own way so that I sense into like the rest of the world outside of sort of Gary's sort of, I'll be okay when, <laughs> you know. So, 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 so I think a letting go is probably a really simple synopsis of the last 18 months. I've increasingly been letting go of attachment to the job that I do, letting go of attachment to when I write a book, one day I'll be good enough. When I So there's been so many things I've been <laughs> undulating around the last 18 months. But what I found where I am today is I'm getting clearer and clearer about the work I want to be doing as a result of shedding a lot of those things that I'd innocently attached to up until we met, you know, 18 months ago, um, but also since then as well. So I think this letting go of attachment has been a major, major theme of the last 18 months. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot in that because I think, you know, you prior to uh, us working together 18 months ago, um, if I'm right in, in saying, Gary, you, you were uh, someone who works in a big organization, you know, with, with, with lots of business coming from that. You'd had your own mental health issues. Um, you always wanted to do a, a, a great job and were striving. There's a lot of striving going on, um, quite a lot of struggling going on. And, you know, sort of you then, this is 
sort of 18 months ago, pre that, you, you kind of had some big releases and, oh, right, yeah, I don't need to be like that anymore. And that was a big personal shift for you. But what I've been noticing more recently is, you, as you just said, you're seeing the world differently in how you want to make a change in your own organization, in society, in the world differently now. So sort of move from the personal to the systemic. Is, is that a fair way of saying it? Yeah, that's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant summary, definitely. And what I found with that journey actually appears interestingly is it's it's almost an oxymoron. It's a paradox. Like I'm feeling more and more alive and more and more free the more I sense into the system part, <laughs> which is really fascinating. Hmm. So let's break that down for people a bit if they're wondering what we're on about. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it's, it's you know. A lot of people might have, you know, seen the benefits of quality in mind for an individual, right? So they get more uh, greater mental well-being, greater clarity, creativity, resilience. That might help their leadership, their teamwork, might help them at home with the parents, with their spouse, with their health. All those lovely things can come from um, having a realisation about the principles behind quality of mind. Um, now, Gary, w- what are you seeing about the nature of change at a more systemic level, a more societal level, or an organizational level now? What what, what are you seeing about this fresh than you did a couple of years ago? There's two major factors. And it's sensing into and understanding the interdependence of everything and and the interrelation of everything. So whether it be animal, you know, non-human, human beings, plants, trees, like literally everything is connected, like everything. And when we, build, when we don't realize that, we see things as separate. So the car, the house, the job, the partner, you know, the dog, whatever. And the systemic shift for me the last 18 months with the help, you know, this work and other work has been, oh, my goodness, life is so much richer while we're living it when we realize that all of this stuff is connected and it isn't separate. And that's been a huge, huge, huge part of that shift for me, Piers. Now, how do you... If someone was going, okay, I hear your words, but what does that mean? What does that mean day to day for you? That now you know that everything's connected. What mm-hmm. does that mean for you? How does that turn up? How's that? What's the benefit of that? So the benefit of that is empathy. It's a real. It, it's a feeling. It's an embodiment of actually for me to get this iPhone to make it really practical for your listeners. For me to have this iPhone in my hand means we've extracted oil out of the ground. And that oil has come from Mother Nature. And that oil at the moment can risk displacement of indigenous tribes in different parts of the world in the Amazon who have lived a certain way for thousands of years and have a certain knowledge that comes with being an indigenous tribe. And in addition, we're mining rare earth metals in Africa to be able to actually go into making a mobile phone to make it work. So suddenly it's like, oh my goodness, for me to have a mobile phone isn't just this thing that arrives in my hand from Amazon. It's actually, it's a combination of a range of different raw materials from all around the world, which are not just raw materials, they are having an impact on the part of the world where they're mined or where they're extracted or where they're collected. So that is not a thought process I had 18 months ago, Piers. Mm. And that's a very real, so this is not just, it is the climate thing is a huge passion of mine the last 18 months, which I didn't have 18 months ago and again, because I didn't sense into it. I didn't think about what I just described, Piers. I, I saw a mobile phone and upgrade as a mobile phone and upgrade. That's fine. That's what it is. 
I didn't think about the connectivity and of all of that mobile phone. Now, okay, great. So you're sort of seeing beyond the, so your own woes now have kind of disappeared. So now you're looking more wider, you know, a wider perspective on the world. Now, does that mean, uh, I think you're going to answer this in a, in, in a way that's going to be helpful for this, but does that mean that oh, you're going, oh my God, I've got to worry about the climate, my iPhone being unsustainable, um, uh, lack of diversity, racism, all the isms. Does that now suddenly mean you've got all the isms on your plate to deal with? <laughs> I'm laughing because I have had that. That the last since certainly since the murder of George Floyd, like that was a very real issue for me. Yes. However, coming into our call today, actually, especially like this is this is divine timing, Piers, <laughs> because this morning on a walk, um, I, was, I watched an incredible video, and it's just I just had this lightning of all of those isms. Because don't get me wrong, like what's going on in the world, what we perceive what we think is true around all this stuff, you know, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. We can't get rid of, you know, we can't ignore that. But where is that coming from? Is it an outside force causing all that pain? Or is it actually an inside belief system that we're holding onto with clenched fists that from the inside out that creates that pain? So mm. there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in that. So I'd say I'm still very aware and I still sense injustice and there is issue, we do need to be more inclusive. We should be designing around our people. There's a lot of stuff I do believe, belief. I believe we can organize better as human beings. But the isms are not causes. The isms mm-hmm. are a symptom of something else. And we don't look at it that way. It's, oh, there's so much in what you just said. Um, where do I go? So I think there's, there's a fascinating bit that around cause and symptom right so what you're saying that what i think i heard you say there was all the isms that we may see and go well that doesn't look very fair doesn't look right injustice right that that people might want to do something about and it might become a cause for some someone a purpose a cause a calling a protest right now if we tackle those symptoms straight on um, and there's lots of protests going on at the moment, you know, um, without seeing what their symptoms of, I think what you're pointing to is that's going to get us in our head and that's going to cause separation. And that actually ain't going to help apart from just wind people up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I want to speak to this as well, if I may, Piers, mm. this, I've really struggled the last 12 months with this, from the point of view that having a knowing around this work, around the quality of mind, knowing that in the moment, certain decisions can be made that others then believe. So give me an example about the redlining in the US earlier in the, cent- in the last century. There were laws put in place to, in- you know, to stop people of colour accessing finance. Yeah. Like, that, that is something that happened. Yeah. However, that happened in the moment based on a certain subset of history. It's not something that is happening every single moment of every single part of our life from then on in. And I think that there's this really interesting tension between what happened once versus what's really happening now. And what's really happening now is the maintenance and continuing of that belief system, (laughs) which could be changed in a moment. Like if we suddenly just sat here, like in, in the moment, all of that could shift. And and therefore, from what you're saying is that those, so the perception of inequality uh, 
you know, there's, there were lots of actions that happened centuries ago or decades ago that, you know, uh, obviously aren't necessarily happening now. But the, the perception of inequality is still therefore manifesting itself in inequality in different ways. Is that what you're saying? Partly, partly, you know, but, but, I, but, I, but I, I think where I'm trying to come to with this, Piers, is in, in the moment with this work, which I understand the systems... They're not real. Like the borders of the pla- like like each country border isn't real. Passport control isn't real. All of those borders that are made up by human beings to define a boundary of something, none of it's real. Mm. If you went to space and looked down, you wouldn't see it. Exactly. And I always think about exactly that. And I and I heard that from the first Iranian um, mm. astronaut, female astronaut, when she with she spoke to Deepak Chopra and said that. Like when you're out up on the space station looking back, there are, there, there are no borders. So we've got this really interesting paradox of there are not any borders, but we collectively believe an illusion that there are. Yeah, which fits into the, one of the core foundations of quality of mind, which is real but never true. So what, and people have probably who are familiar with the podcast will have listened to episodes we've done on that, that we say that the way that humans create reality is real but never true. So it's real, it, you know, if you perceive inequality and you have inequality, that's real. You know, no one is saying, no, you're pretending, no, you're making that up. Absolutely real. You'll fear it, you'll feel it, see it, hear it, smell it. It's not objectively true. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and when people see, and nothing, you know, it's not like, well, well some things are objective true and some things aren't. No, nothing is but it's where your where it's where collectors consciousness or tribes of collectors consciousness see things as real and true that causes problems now i think what we're saying is you know from our perspective we'd love to see less of that in the world less less perceived inequality in the world but how you go about that is the question mhm and I think that's what you were starting to get to earlier on, which is okay, well, I see them as symptoms of people people's thinking in the moment as opposed to people seeing what we're, we're really made of is, is that right Gary? I don't want yes. to put words in your mouth no but no no, no. You, you, you're, you're yeah. exactly right and I think this is so I've, I've spoken a lot on diversity equity and inclusion conversations in the last 12 months I've been very grateful to be part of them and my my approach to this has always been what it's just words but root cause like what is you know what's actually as you use your language for quality of mind what is upstream like mm. what what can we draw on that can help to use words again heal like ultimately what we're looking for here is healing that's what all of these symptoms are they're symptoms of something that disease something that isn't working mm. so actually how do you heal you heal from love you heal from connection mm. you, you heal from understanding you heal from empathy mm. you can't heal from anger fear and distrust no. And, and and therefore, to make it a little bit more practical, one of the things I often, you know, talk about is when we are promoting a cause, you know, what is our own aperture? You know, what, the language I use is what aperture, what quality of mind are we in? Where is it coming from? Because there's kind of high quality of mind protesting and there's low quality of mind protesting, you know. Um, low quality of mind protesting would be driven by a, I need to fix this, they're wrong, we're right, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's coming from that sort of, it would, it would look very justified for someone. It would look quite um, kind of, this needs to happen. They're wrong. They're not listening, right? And it would come from there and it's quite protesty. 
um, <laughs> to use that word. Now, when we're looking to enable or, or looking at something from a higher aperture, knowing more about what the true self is, understanding that we're all made of love and and thoughts are real and never true, etc., there's a different space that activism comes from, and maybe it's not even called activism then. It's a different space that that protest comes from. It comes from seeking to understand. It comes from seeking to see through the illusions of perception. And it or comes with love, to, to sum all that up, what I've just said. you know, And that creates a different level of behavior and dialogue, I think. Um, and from that, things can dissolve. And, and that's how I think it's going to change personally. But the problem is, I think that the, at the other end of the, in the slightly more contracted aperture for people, and probably if they were listening to this, there's the personal mind will justify why it needs to be this way, the other way, you know, the kind of slightly more wokey act fake fake wokeism way the, the, the mind will go well it has to whether they won't listen they won't change the the white middle-aged man in america won't you know whatever and it looks very justified to go the other way now once i think you've experienced it the other the more high aperture way it's like oh yeah <laughs> does that does that resonate with you gary it does resonate a lot on multiple levels peers and also i'm continuously dropping in and out of high and low aperture. And I have done the last 12 months. So yeah. I think I, I think the big thing with it, so definitely 100%, like this coming place from a place of understanding, empathy, love, connection, willingness to hear someone else, like it's been a massive shift. And that's where I've been the last 12, 18 months since we first spoke is, my, it's almost like having the first experience with you helped me get out of my own way in my head initially and go, oh, okay, there's something more than just my my experience. There's a load of other experiences that are quite interesting and curious to explore. And now I'm in this space of, okay, there does seem to be a lot of inequity. There does seem to be a lot of injustice in the world. What's going to solve that? More of the perceived same or getting into dialogue and connection with people more around how they see the world or what their experience has been of life? And I think... That's the root cause. That's the that's the sort of root, the upstream. Actually, we are all connected. Everything is connected back to where we started. Like everything, animal, non-animal, human, plant. Like trying not to be too philosophical, but it quite literally is scientifically all connected. Like it is, this is science as well as like sort of spirituality. Mm. You, can't, you can't you can't avoid it. Yeah, A- absolutely. And actually, even the word connection has changed for me. What, what that even means. Um, so connection can imply two separate things needing to join, right? So, so if you connect two pieces of a jigsaw puzzle or two pieces of Lego, you are taking two separate things and connecting them. Now, actually, what we're not really actually saying now, are we? We're probably using the word badly or we're using the wrong word because there's nothing to connect between everything because it already is so you can't connect what was never separate (laughs) that's a a brilliant point yeah so you you can't connect it's it's like oh i must connect you know two separate things no i and i used to say it like that i used to think i need to get in connection with well actually now i'm like well no i can't 
because you know, as you know, I'm I'm a non-dual fan. So um, consciousness is primary. So we already are it. We, we, we are we are source, right? And then the the conceptual mind, the personal mind, the separate self, whatever you want to call it, creates the illusion of separation in a contracted aperture. And then it looks separate. So it looks like you and I are separate and then we need to connect. Whereas actually what we're saying is, no, we already are one. We just have to reveal that. That, that word is really good. And I've got a, for the, our mutual friend, Helen Amory, she actually joined me on my podcast previously. Mm, I listened to it. <laughs> she used that word, which yeah. is, is brilliant. She, well, yeah. It's a revealing of consciousness. It's a revealing of connection, not a... yeah. And, and actually, Gary, I'll, I'll be honest here, and I can be honest with you. I'm not a fan of your new podcast title. Yeah. You know why, don't you? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I prefer Helen's as well, to be honest. <laughs> like, re- revealing consciousness is a far far more correct. So be a just to tell, tell listeners about this, because this is relevant, not just me and Gary having a chat here. But um, So there's two things about Gary's podcasting. So I think which is very fascinating because when we first met Gary, we did a podcast called Value Few Vulnerability, which was all about um, seeing the importance and value in organizations of people being vulnerable, which creates more trust and connection and that kind of thing. And that's what you were on about back then. And from where you were back then, it made total sense. And I could see, I could see how it was an important thing. Now, in the last 18 months, because of what's been shifting for you, you you see those things, you know, having more uh, vulnerability and connection and trust in organizations as symptoms of a higher quality of mind. Mm-hmm. And now you've created your new podcast called Activating Consciousness, um, which is, a, a, I'd recommend it to people, put it in the show notes, um, which is all about looking at systemic change through consciousness. Now, the thing that I'm kind of uh, having a go at Gary about here is just a very nuanced of the word activating uh, because of the point we just said that you can't really activate something that's already there. So, so Gary, I'm saying it with love that I don't really mind your name, but you know, of, of activating, but it's an interesting point, isn't it? it, it it's a great point. And, and again, this is the beauty of this human experience. It proves it's, it's in the moment. Like in that moment, I went, okay, let's do that. Didn't think twice about it. It felt good. Yeah, felt like the journey it needs to go on. And actually, the fact you and I are now having this discussion about the title, connection, activating versus revealing, shows why we need to be having discussions with each other and leaning in to hear one another's experience, because that's how we sense back to that innate connection. But also, it, it, it might be relevant for listeners who think, okay, how do I have more of that coming from love? How do I activate? You know, so, so let's answer the question. Imagine someone's going, no, I like activating, please. You're wrong. Gary's got it right. How do I activate my consciousness to come from a space of curiosity, neutrality, and love that can make some of the changes that we talked about? You know, l- let's answer that question or, or talk about it. How, how do you think now, I suppose the question really is, what do you think change is made of now? How, how, how does it work for you when you're looking at change now? Change is networked. Really simply, that, that, that's probably the, you know, when you think about like the man, it makes me laugh that change management just is the most ridiculous oxymoron in my mind now. How you can try and manage change is just like, yeah, there's billion dollar industries built on it. Um, so for me, it's a network. Change now is, 
it's it's that's that connection piece again, and not connection mm. as you said. It, it, mm. It's literally networked. So actually, change happens through networks. So actually, by me being in dialogue with other human mm. beings that are open-minded, open-hearted, can reimagine or are imagining something that we collectively feel is healthy. Like that's how change works for me now. Like it's not about coercing. It's not about pushing or influencing it's actually okay this is something i think could be a helpful change like are there other people in my network or around the world that think similarly or differently so there's a net there's a heavily network so, so that's how change would start to happen in an organization or a system yeah right okay so just just we'll come to that a bit in a moment but let's just get back to the bit about from if i if i'm someone thinking okay I, I would, you know, that, that someone maybe who gets too caught up by the isms or, or finds it difficult to get out of judgment and be in that neutral, curious, loving place and w w wants to, you know, in inverted commas, connect to their consciousness more or reveal consciousness. How, let's look at that bit. At the very individual for a person who's listening to this going, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get in that space more. How, how does it look like to you, Gary, that that, that turns up? <laughs> it's really funny um today it's just, it's just been curious honestly mm. it's it, it, it it's it's not a causal thing it just happens through exploration through being curious through mm. just yeah there's, there's there's not a thing that i can point to and it say it's up. that it just shows up yeah it okay. just emerges to come back to that word again and it, it, it's funny that isn't it because I think we've been so conditioned that it should be way more complicated than that and way more doable than that, right? So, you know, that like, well, if, if I want to be like that, I need to do something or, or, or beable, actually. You know, the, 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 there's a sort of have, do, be, you know, things we used to talk about. But what we're really saying is it, it, it sort of a turns up when we accidentally step out of the way. And, and, and we see that we are, to use a metaphor, we are the screen, not the movie. Right? But we, the screen gets so blurred by the movie. We get so absorbed by the content of our experiences, all the thoughts and the feelings and perceptions and psychological objects in, 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 within experience that we can't see what we truly are, which is the screen, if you like. And in moments when that becomes the content drops away or you can see that what you are is the screen, you have a different relationship to your content. Um, and the personal mind sort of quietens down and we're more in that place of neutral flow, I suppose. Um, so it, it's a, it's a, dissolving and a re revealing rather than a do, isn't it? 100%. I can bring it to life if you don't mind, Piers. Mm, um, and it involved tears. So mm. I was out running two weeks ago, uh, went for a jog. It tends to be the time when I'm at my highest aperture. Mm. You know, I'm not reading a book, I'm not online, you know, just literally running in freedom outside. And I just had this overwhelming, like, just started having I just had tears. Just started crying. Like, they were happy tears. They mm. weren't sad. But I just literally just, just slowed down my run. And I just felt into, like, why, why am I suddenly crying? Like, why have I got these sort of happy tears? 
And it's just this absolute, honestly, it's, since we've had our time, since I mm. worked with you and had that massive realization, it's probably the, the next most significant thing for me two wow. weeks ago, where I just literally had this complete opening complete opening of my whole being and just 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 broke down but not in a bad like mm. just these happy tears just flew out of me and it was just i can feel it now as i share it with you it was just mm. an incredibly freeing moment that was not caused by me reading a book trying to find it <laughs> searching for it underneath the kitchen tape like it just emerged at that moment and yeah, it was just, it was incredible. It, it's, it's beautiful how, in one level, ordinary that is, you know, in that you're just going for a run, not doing anything, and you weren't looking to do that. You weren't going for a run for that to happen. You weren't, you know, it wasn't in your diary. <laughs> ha- have big moment where I feel, you know, <laughs> uh, expansiveness of consciousness. It just turns up. And, and I think what you're saying in that, Gary, is that Gary actually didn't do that well Gary wasn't even there in that there was a dissolving of Gary too that the the self dissolved in that it all sounds very ethereal doesn't it doesn't it but yes like in that moment like I've not actually shared this with anybody um, publicly but I literally in that moment when I was actually had the tears pierced I had this I can feel it in my body now as I share it I was at the bottom of this spiral it's like a spiral, basically, of human beings that I've met and known over the last five years mm. that just literally spiraled up to the sky. Like, I could see every mm. face and just went up on the thermals, literally. And it was just, and I, my upper head is tingling now as I share this with you. It was so clear. But I literally, in that moment, wasn't there. Yeah. In that moment, I wasn't there. Literally, I was at the bottom of that spiral. Like, and that's really funny you mention it, because as I think back to that moment, I literally was not there. And it's, in a way, it's very uh, ethereal, um, obtuse, weird talking like this, right? But, but listeners, you too are having those little experiences. You may not be quite noticing them like, you know, Gary did, right? But I call it, I call it kind of, when we work with people looking for ordinary miracles. So, so just to put this into a bit more day to day, there'll be little moments in your day it might be when you're just having um, a cup of tea. It might be just when you're just waking up in the morning. It might be when you're going for a, um, a, a run or something. And what we're describing here is the self will just disappear. You will lose yourself. That's even the phrase we use. Oh, I lost myself in that. And it might be an activity. It might be when you sing or when you play sport or um, whatever it is. You lose yourself and the self dis- dissolves. Now, the reason the self dissolves is it's only ever an activity of consciousness anyway. It's never actually an entity. You know, we we treat it as an entity, but it's actually an activity. So, and when that dissolves in those little tiny moments, it might only be five seconds, 10 seconds, there's a beautiful feeling that comes through. Now, Gary, you're describing a slightly, you know, more felt experience of that, and it had some visual and all that kind of stuff. Um, And you know, some people will have had a big, even more extremes of those. Usually, in an NDE, when they, they near death experience, people will have bigger versions of what you're talking about. But just to get this back down to the day to day, I would urge people to spot in their day just tiny moments that they don't that that normally the personal conceptual mind kind of you know sort of goes over, glosses over. We don't notice. Um, 
when when that self dissolves, because that's the space we're talking about. That's the space we're talking about. Because if you're in that space more, not only do you get a beautiful feeling, but because it's a space in between thought, that's when new perspectives come through and insights like you've been saying, Gary, that have been happening for you the last 18 months. You're seeing new things about the connectedness. Oh, wow, I'm seeing that my iPhone is this. That comes from that space. It's not coming in that moment of that space because that space is nothing. But then from that, you'll have an insight about something. Does, does that, would that be reconciling with your experience? It, it is. And I would say, and I'd love to add to your invitation for your, for your listeners today that it, this, this, this is a felt thing. This is a, that experience I shared is a very deeply felt experience. They are happening every day. So my invitation for your listeners are those moments where you feel something in your body, in your head, the back of your spine, back of your neck, sit in that. And embody that and feel that. Like what's going on in the moment? What you what are you surrounded by? What are you doing? Because as we as we sense into that, that's where I found a lot of the goodnesses in the work that you've brought is the embodiment of that feeling and learning what your body's actually saying. And not just discounting it as oh, I just had a rush in the back of the head, which I would have done eighteen mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, I just had a buzzy moment. Oh, that was great. Wicked, I had a buzzy moment. No, actually, what what is your body telling you in that moment? Yeah. What's the insight that's coming through potentially with that? And that's something that's quite new for me, Piers. I yes. wanted to offer that as well. No, that, that, that's a very good point. And, you know, I sort of talk about noticing with people and, and neutral noticing, but be, because we don't want to then make stories up about stuff. Because e- even, you know, if we're going to get really semantic pedantic for a moment. We would describe it as the body feeling it. But, you know, at one level, it's not the body. The body is a label we give to something. You're feeling consciousness. You're feeling source. You're feeling everythingness and nothingness at the same time, right? So, <laughs> so what you are experiencing in that, that, that lovely felt sensation, which we put a name like a tingle or a whatever or a whoosh or, you know, is just part of being alive and part of being in this system, this we've called the universe, right? And it's all coming from that. Now we would go localize that and going, that's the body. Mm. It's not really the body, right? It's not really the body. Now, if you want a better idea of this, look at babies and animals, you know, because they, they feel things, they sense things, don't they? They're sensing horses, particularly children, they sense and you know, earlier we were talking about that space you can come from when you're active, an activist or a protester or having a cause. This is what we're talking about, I think, is a there's almost like a hidden currency, and I was never aware of this, that we're giving off. You know, whether it's between the police and the protesters, there's a different, you know, and it gets so, we get so decalibrated from it that we can't tell. And I think what you're, you've been leaning into in the last couple of years is, those those sensing moments you've had which make you bring this wonderfulness aliveness that brings insights about what you what to do for you and for the world come with a different frequency almost you know if we use that don't they um which which most of us are just blind to deaf to um but you're just tuning in you're more more calibrated to it um awake to use it to use a trite word more awake 
Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess so, Piers, as you say. And isn't it funny? Because I remember when we first met, like, I didn't get it. <laughs> Not that I need to get anything, but when we first met, like I, I remember, I remember one of these things. Just for the, for the listeners again joining us, I remember you going that thing. It's not yellow. I'm going. What are you going to It's not yellow. It is yellow. I can see it's yellow. You're like, yeah, but it's not really yellow. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Real but never true, right? It's it's, 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 yeah. So, and 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 this is why you know this conversation can lose people so quickly, uh, which <laughs> realise we might be doing now. But hey, you know, let's see what happens. But because. No, we're not saying here that what we experience in our moment-to-moment realities isn't real for us. It's absolutely real. It's vivid, and what and suffering is real. You know, we're not we're not trying to belittle that. We're not trying to write that off. We're not being disrespectful to that. It's real. We live in a real sentient experience. Um, it's just not what it looks like. You know, so we're saying there's something else available. There's 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 fresh perspective, fresh thought. There's no direct causal power in the outside, um, and you know, once you start to see that, um, you can live life more gracefully. You know, and you can navigate with greater insight and wider perspective, which is where you're getting to. You're seeing, wow, you know, you're seeing the system differently, um, and that. You know, that's available for anyone. And although it might sound like 18 months is a long time, it's not really, you know, percentage-wise of being alive, it's not that long. Uh, so, and, and and it's a non-linear change as well, isn't it? So it, it's, it's never a steady kind of graph. So I think it's just great, great Gary, you know, where you've come from or heading to and that that's available for anyone. It just, it's so... Hopeful, without getting too attached to that, I would say. Um, so, so Gary, well, what is it? And I'm going to ask you a question that you can't answer. But if you were to, if you glance down the next six, twelve, eighteen months, two years for you, what, what do you think is going to be going on for you? Not that you can ever know, but what, what, what do you, what do you guess? Where do you think you might end up? What kind of work do you think you might be, or interest do you think you'll be getting into? Yeah, it's one of the. One of the things I'm working on at the moment is actually around what I'm calling a conscious chemicals community. So actually, how do you bring together open-hearted, open-minded humans that work in the industry that I work within? Yeah, just be clear on chemicals. I'm not talking about um, kind of drugs and stuff. We're talking no. about the industry, you know, <laughs> conscious chemicals. Break, You'll go, yeah. ayahuasca or whatever. Yeah. No, you're, talking you're, about break, the- you're breaking bad type, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but not killing people. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I work within the chemicals industry, which is chemical ingredients that go into everything that t- we touch, eat, smell, wear, as of today. Mm. And that's a sector, peers that today is very extractive in terms of its operating, in terms of its raw materials, in terms of how it's led. So my belief and my hope, and using all the stuff we've discussed today, is to try and bring an increased level of consciousness to the sector of which I'm part, Mm. which just means, are we aware of, as I described with the mobile phone earlier on, would we seek the upgrade every six months of our mobile phone if we knew how that phone ended up in our hands, where the materials came from, what the displacement was to tribes and to you know land rights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that so I, I just want to be in the next few years in that conversation more and he and helping be a vehicle, a vessel for healing, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. I don't know how it has to arrive, 
but myself as well. Actually, what's happened, if I may share as well, Piers, of course, I had testicular cancer last March, almost a year to the day I had my right testicle removed, March the 19th, 2020. Wow. Wow. And that was my example of a near-death experience. But what was interesting, and this is really like, this is an in-the-moment reflection share, not part of our plan today, Piers. Me learning, learning, experiencing quality of mind with you Hmm. 18 months ago, I share this with a number of people. I navigated my testicle going from a a pea-sized lump on the 20th of January 2020 to being the weight and size of a hockey ball by the time it's removed in eight weeks. Wow. Incredibly aggressive growth. I navigated that that eight-week period, 12-week period, with, I don't know, a grace, a relative, it wasn't easy, but it was a relative ease. It was a relative grace. It was a relative, I understand how my experience works now. It's my thinking. So I can either be, my world's going to end, oh my God, oh my world's going to end, and be on this incredible roller coaster, or I can try and navigate that experience with a bit more grace and a bit more, I don't know, just aliveness. And I've had a couple of days of like, oh my God, yeah, this could be the last day. Like It's quite natural. Mm. But, but I navigated it, and I think you'd use the, the, the you know, it's more of a sailing through that mm. experience than a rowing against the wind. And I would not have been able to have done that had I not had experienced quality of mind. Mm. So I just wanted to share that with you and thank well, you for that experience. Well, so. thank you for sharing that, Gary. It's uh, any example where it's, uh, you know, real life gets real, you know, r- r- life gets, it's a contact sport life, and, you know, s- stuff happens to us in the body mind that, you know, we have to deal with. and it's, it's great. I think people, it makes so much sense for people to hear that and go, oh, wow. Okay. So this is not, not just a Sunday afternoon misunderstanding. It's not just a, you know, a nice thing when, when there's fair weather. Um, and, and also, you know, what, what, what was dawning on me as you were sort of, were getting clearer and clearer for me as you were talking about that is how, because people might think, well, what, you know, people who don't know and understand quality of mind, they might go, what is this thing that can help people have, you know, thoughts about how to, shift an industry to be more sustainable or to dissolve the isms in the world and help someone go through a personal cancer or illness scare, right? Well, what's the one, how can one thing do all of that? Now to you and I, it looks pretty obvious why one thing can do all that because everything is the mind, right? So whether it's a very personal thing for you in in your life and your own, own health, or it's something about the systemic way that society constructs itself or business constructs itself. It's all the mind. So of course one understanding can help. But it's just such a great example, what we've, we've shared in this podcast, going from the from them hugely meta and granular to the very specific uh, for you and how the same thing is being beneficial. It's, it's, a, lovely, it's a lovely summary, Piers, because I... The thing I laugh a lot about at the moment, the number of like HR, leadership, like culture, like again, we're making life playful, yeah? So this is also a key part of this experience, like having some play in amongst all of what yeah. seems to be mad. Yeah. That's one thing. The second thing is, everyone's talking about there's no magic bullet, but guess what? There actually is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no magic bullet. There's no magic bullet for this. There's no mag- magic bullet for that. Well, actually there is, and we're already it. Mm. <laughs> Mm. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, and, and and actually the magic bullet is sort of right under our nose that we can't see. Um, but we, we've been conditioned to make it more complicated than that and to look outside for it. 
Um, and it reminds me, you know, there's there's some of my old friends, Mara Gleason, who does One Solution, you know, which is, a, is a, I think I've pointed that to you, Gary, before and I put it in the show notes about how they're looking to change some of the world's major issues through this understanding. And you know, that's exactly what they're saying. One Solution, it's the same thing. But almost that feel, it doesn't it doesn't it feel too easy to well if I knew it, if it was that easy we would have done it so so we're not trying to say this is easy you know but I think it's simple right it's it's simple it's not always easy to see because of the nature of the mind but it's simple it's simple it's it's beautiful and I'm getting an upper body reaction as you shared that because it is you're right it's not easy because we've been conditioned to overcomplicate. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's the reality. We've been, you know, everything in our every system today is based on complexity. Over so to get a house, you take a loan, you need a credit score, you need a job to be able to afford. Like it's just like it's incredibly complex. And actually, you turn and go, but to navigate life, it just requires me just living in the moment and just being kind and loving. And like that really is it. Mm. <laughs> like when you strip everything back, like. We are all, we are one. We are yeah. one. We are connected. We come from love. We don't come from fear. So get curious. <laughs> and, and, then, and then those, even those, to, to your point though, even those um, processes in life, you know, buying a house or doing something which require steps, you know, you have to do this and you do this, you do this, you do this. They don't feel, although there are steps to do, they don't feel onerous and complex. You just do take them one bit at a time. You know, you're like, well, we'll do that, we'll do that, we'll do that, right? So it's not saying we want everything to be um, basic and unsophisticated because there's some lovely things that come in the world of form from sophistication and complexity. So <clears throat> it's, it's about how they, how they turn up for us. You know, and if you think about it, if, if we, because some things are, you know, the systems are complex, so it's about being able to see that and the felt experience of that complexity, I think, and, and just taking it one moment at a time rather than trying to take it all on. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very that. fascinating. So, so, Gary, we're getting towards the end of time. I'm just trying to think, we've been everywhere on this podcast. I think, how do we sum this up? Because we, we, we've been in a useful way, I think, or, or to every aspect <laughs> from the, the very personal individual right up to the, to the meta. So what, what, I don't know, does anything occur to you now to sort of try and round this off for people? I want to thank you for the last comment you made. It's a really good point. Like all systems are complex. Every system is complex. Our body system, you know, networks, everything is complex, but how we navigate them is, do we do it with sim simplicity or do we do it with, deep attachment to outcome. And I think that's what I'm, that's probably quite a nice summary, actually, <laughs> to be honest in the discussion, is do you, do we allow ourselves to navigate life with ease and with curiosity and with wonder, or do we have to be clenched fist, I'll be okay when? So that's yes. probably how I'd summarize it. Yes, <clears throat> which is where we started really about, about, about what you've been seeing. And I think, and it, you know, because, what determines that, whether we, we, we navigate with ease and grace or whether we do it sort of very attached and invested in with, with a tight fist is the aperture or space we come from. Um, and because once that shifts, that's what makes the difference between those two, whether it's on an individual issue for someone or on seeing a systemic issue. So I th I th that is the core of it, isn't it really? And, and I suppose if we were urging, suggesting anything for anyone listening here is to get curious about the difference between those two and the ordinariness of, of the, the wider aperture, which we, which we can all have, 
and seeing when we get when we, when we get caught out by that, which often we do invisibly because we can't tell um, because of our conditioning, because of the normalization, because of the attribution, the misattribution to the outside world. Um, so suggesting to people to get curious as to what they have when they realize they're not the movie. Um, well, what true eye is, is not the movie, you know, even the self's part of the movie, but when they realize what the screen is and that space, what comes from there and that's available for all of us at any moment. Love that. And if I may just add a final thing, and it's only coming up for me in the moment again, Piers, right now is, and I just, the glue between those two areas is play. Like, yeah, it's a curiosity. And pl- so actually, like when it feels serious or it feels really, really overwhelming, get playful and curious with it. Actually, like what's like, how can you lighten that and try and investigate it without believing it's going to end you? That's that's the inbuilt warning device, isn't it? That when things feel heavy and contracted and sticky and serious and it's a clue that your aperture is contracting and the lightness and playfulness is a clue that the aperture is expanding. That's that's the way to navigate, not what the world's what not what the world looks like, is what it feels like from the space. So, so so Gary, um, I'll put the, the, some in the show notes. You, you know your podcast, so the Activating Consciousness podcast. Have you? Are you? What's your latest website and stuff like that? Are you? Um, or is it just a podcast at the moment? What's the best thing to point people to? They want to get, they want to know more about your work. No, thank you, Piers. I really appreciate you getting back, get me back on, and thanks for all your work as well. It's. Uh incredible so i would say you can find me on most platforms because i make peers laugh um, my handle is vulnerable gary um, <laughs> <laughs> vulnerable g-a-double-r-y um so you can find me with that on instagram find me there on um linkedin and you can also find i've got my own website as well gary turner one word dot life and yeah just very happy to chat i really care about yeah, to really care about us all healing, really, whatever that means to us. So I'm um, looking forward to some interesting conversation, feedback in our chat today, Piers. Beautiful. And is there anything in that chemicals, conscious chemicals thing, is, is there a website for that? Because that, people might be interested in that. Is there a URL for that yet? Yeah, there's not. But actually, thank you for asking the question. I do now have, I'm, I've got quite a lot of content. I've done a lot of speaks, talks, and pod, pod, podcasts with other people. Um, so I've got a YouTube channel now with a lot of content, including the introduction to that conscious chemicals community idea. So if it's okay, Piers, I'll share a link to that as well. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Gary, thank you so much for your time. Our conversations can go everywhere and could last forever. So um, let's hope people find something in this and please, you know, reach out. They do. So thank you, everyone. Um, Have fun being curious curious, and um, see you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.